pretentious sons of bitches, they had their address out in Roman numerals. I'm at the Residence Inn in Providence, Rhode Island. It's raining pretty hard right now. What should I say? I'm tired. We've been on tour for about a week now, and we've got another week left or so. Nah, not a long tour for what we normally do, but regardless, I'm tired. Maybe I'm getting old. Maybe I'm getting to the point where touring isn't really the thing for me. Traveling around, rock band, bunch of gear, dirty, nasty clubs every night. Maybe that's not what I need. You know, I'm going through ch I'm going through changes. As they say, and uh, maybe that's not exactly where I need to be. Who's to say? I do have hang-ups about hotel rooms and feeling uneasy about them, not wanting to touch anything. I just, I'm very sensitive to vibes and environments, and not necessarily that there's like bad vibes in hotel rooms, sometimes there are, but just the feeling of that this room's been used by many people, maybe there's some depression and sadness dripping from the upholstery in this room. It's not the nastiest room. Like, we used to stay in Motel 6s and, and the like. Those are nasty, and even worse. You know, you stay in a, a non-chain hotel in the middle of nowhere, and those will tend to be really nasty, and they smell like smoke and other kinds of smoke. This is not that. It's a clean hotel room. I'm not going to catch anything from it. Bed bugs. You never know about bed bugs. They could be anywhere lurking around the corners in the seams. Other than that, I'm not going to catch anything here, but... There's still that feeling of usedness. I, I need, I need a hotel room to be extravagant and with the most pristine and high dollar fixtures and all stone, all you know wood, whatever stuff. I mean, which is how I roll in general. I don't like the plastics. I don't like the amalgams. No, I, I like the real stuff. If it's made out of marble, like I've stayed in some rooms in Europe or whatever that are like, you know, maybe a hundred years old and they don't feel gross because, you know, you're walking on this on this stone and, and I don't feel gross in nature. It's really that footprint, the human footprint on things that make me feel a little gross. A little a literal footprint on things would make me feel gross as well, but that's not what I meant. I just meant the stamp that someone's been there and used it and their dead skin and hair and fingernails might be hanging around somewhere. Now nah, I'm grossing myself out even further now. There's no need for this. Will and I talked about that for a little bit. I have Will Wiesenfeld on the podcast today. We had a discussion uh, a couple of months back. It's a real pleasure to have him on there. He just had, he just released his second professional full-length release on Anticon Records. It's called Obsidian. Uh, at the time of the conversation, I had not heard Obsidian. Now I have, many times. I love it. I'm proud of Will. This conversation is really 
me meeting Will. I mean, I met him a couple times previous, but... And then that's the whole purpose of this podcast, in a way, is for me to be able to sit down with someone who I've met uh, maybe several times and seen from afar and have respect for. Uh, but my, my chance to sit down with that person and pick their brain a little bit, get to know them, share a little bit of intimacy with that person, not in a sexual nature, but slow it down for a minute. In, in the lifestyle that I live, I'm always running here, running there, doing this, doing that. You know, you might cross paths on the road, you might see each other at each other's shows. But this podcast is my chance to actually sit down with somebody and get a little bit, you know what I mean? Breathe for a minute. Just the same reasons why I do yoga, sort of for myself, you know? Get into that matrix mode for a moment. Don't worry about all the million things you have to do and all the regrets you might have about the past and all your hopes for the future. You got you forget about it all. And this podcast is my way to do that with another person, slow it down and learn a little bit about them and uh, maybe share a moment. So this is my moment with Will Wiesenfeld, such a talented young man. This kid, I say kid because he's like 22 years old. Can you, what were you doing when you were 22? Are you 22 now? What are you doing? You're, you're working at Starbucks. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what I was doing when I was 22. I was working at a flower shop. Now I was making music as well, but I, I don't think I had found myself in a, in a way that Will has found himself at 22. I don't think I could have had this conversation with me at 34 than at 22. I, let me explain that. I wasn't as mature as young Will is, okay? He's figured some shit out at this young age. What is, he's gonna be a goddamn beast when he's my age. He's already a force to reckon with. Fuck, fucking, fucking, fuck, fuck. That's, see, for, that's my, if I'm gonna be in the Northeast right now traveling around, I'm gonna fucking talk like that. All right, you fucks. You said I was a fucking douchebag. You're the fucking douchebag. All right, that's my impression of Andy Broder doing Boston people. Well, I'm gonna just stop talking now. Listeners, as you can tell by the uh, the sonic landscape, uh, we are in downtown Phoenix. Uh, I'm with Will Weisenfeld. Is that how you pronounce your last Wiesenfeld, name? Weisenfeld. Weisenfeld. <laughs> AKA Baths. Yes. And uh, we're walking to the Hotel San, San Carlos. How do you pronounce that? I have no idea. San, San Carlos. Probably. It's a sort of a wild bus station type crowd. Yeah. Um, just to describe the surroundings, slowly making our way to the San Carlos, S- somewhat of a, uh, I'd, I'd call that a, uh, a, an oasis within this desert of, uh, insanity. Yeah. Weston. I wish we were in the Weston. You know, I, I, I say typically I'm a Sheraton guy, like for, for right. kicks, for old time's sake. 
I'm a Sheraton guy, but when when push comes to shove, but St. Carlos is tight <laughs> actually because this is a boutique hotel. Ah, cool. Did you ever play uh, Club Congress, Hotel Congress uh, in Tucson, where John yes. Dill- John Dillinger was captured? Yes, I did. I that, think so. This is sort of like that. When you play Club, Club Congress, yeah. you just go upstairs to the hotel and you Work. and you go to sleep. It's really great. Or you know, if you like, if you're like me, you, you you really scrap it out for the last couple of chicks hanging around, yeah, and uh, fail, and then go to sleep, <laughs> and then go to sleep. Just passing my room four twenty. Are you four to one friend? I am not. No, you're not. Yeah. Ooh, super boutique. Yeah. It's so it's Wild West. Here we are in room four twenty one at the Hotel <laughs> San Carlos yeah. with Will Wiesenfeld, Wiesenfeld. Hello, hello. Baths. Yes. Will is a musician and producer, recording artist, goes under the, records under the name Baths, mm-hmm. uh, is a fellow Anticon artist, that is uh, the label that I'm also on. I'm a latecomer, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> how, did, how did that happen? How, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, because I just got the email, basically, so I, I didn't have anything to do with signing you on for. I wish I could, I wish I could claim. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, it was like... Don't let me forget, I want to take a selfie of us later. Okay. <laughs> for sure. Um, it was like Sean. Uh, Sean was the dude that, like, through him and through Joshua, who was originally my manager, and through Alfred Daedalus... Um, it was like conversations between all of them and almost like a mutual agreement that they wanted to try and see if Anticon would be a good home for me. Because I sort of had uh, my first record, Cerulean, almost done at that point. And okay. It sort of being like, it moved towards Anticon, people leaned that way, and I was I was just ecstatic to go anywhere. And then it, the longer I sat with that idea, the more I was like, oh, this is perfect, this is like... Great, and I'd been a fan of the label for such a long time. So you you like, already knew the label, yeah. So when you say people were leaning, that like mm-hmm. Josh was your manager at the yeah. time, Josh Fisher. Yeah. Uh, how did you hook up with him? I think it was very offhand. I think he saw me play a long, long time ago as Post Fetus, which yeah. is a totally defunct name now. But like in that setup and with that name, uh, and he just made a point of coming up to me after a show and said he loved it and asked if I was looking for management, and I was like, I hadn't been, but I mean if you're doing it I'm definitely interested and he got his grubby little hands on you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it went down like that and the great. rest is history well yeah. that worked out totally yeah totally so and did Sean kind of like because you know they, Sean is close friends with Josh they've been friends yeah. since they were kids yeah. and they have the weirdest relationship yeah. I've ever <laughs> it's kind of like that they like love hate each other I think it's something like that yeah I never delve too deeply into it with either of them but yeah. it's like that I'm on the yeah. other side of it that it's like huh yeah like they're always talking shit about each other but they can't <laughs> Gonna, they're not going to ever friend break up or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And and your shit popped off pretty quick. I mean, yeah. Cerulean did did really well right up front, right off the bat. I think so. I got really lucky. We were not... Like, the whole thing is Sean and I, all of our conversations preceding the record coming out were like that it was a test record and that the second thing I do would be like the push, mm-hmm. sort of. And then it kind of went over our heads really fast. And it was like, Whoa. So ha- when did you get an inclination that that might be... Sorry, I had to get my water. No. When did you get an inclination that that might be happening? Pitchfork grabbed a track really early on out of the ether. Nobody had sent them anything, which was the whole thing is we were building up to that happening. And they grabbed it and pushed it, and then in turn, all these other blogs wanted to sort of, not they, ch- champion it, but like push it out and like get people to hear it. And we were like, 
whoa, wait, we haven't even done any press for it yet. Like, did they? So, did, how did they get a hold of that track? I honestly think it was weird covert shit because I had a version of the record that was like literally like a trial version, like unfinished tracks that weren't going to be on the album and it wasn't full length and all this stuff. And, much less mastered. Yeah, exactly. And that went through more people than it was supposed to and somebody got one of the tracks and just sent it over and it was like the original track that they posted was an unfinished version unmastered of that song I fucking hate that yeah so I hate when that happens and it was like they were making a big deal out of it and really liked it and all these other blogs reposted it and liked it and it was driving me crazy because it was like not only an unmastered unfinished version of the song but personally my least favorite song on that oh wow but that's sort of what it was, is that beyond that moment, it just started escalating more and more. It wasn't like a plateau from there. It was like, whoa, more and more people want to hear it more. And I was just like, all of that was brand new to me. That's the first How time. How did you feel? Like, oh, Were you, like, scared? Were you excited? <laughs> yeah, I was super excited. I was nervous because there was too much business coming into my life too quickly, like, yeah. in terms of the reality of what I had to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I didn't know anything about anything. I didn't know about, like, an album schedule or a press campaign or, like, getting artwork together and all that stuff. And it was happening, like at a million miles an hour. Yeah. And even now for the second record, I'm still like, I still feel like I'm playing catch up. I'm yeah. like way behind. And Sean, but Sean, Sean takes care of a lot. Yeah, Sean is on it. Sean is definitely on it with me and on my, on my ass all the time in the best way. And he, he kind of acts as manager. You don't, you, you don't have an, no, he is like my acting yeah. manager at the moment mm-hmm. pretty much. I think that's how, how we, how we put it. This sure. is Sean Coppola who runs mm-hmm. Anticon mm-hmm. and, has at times acted as sort of my manager in a way and mm-hmm. and is now kind of acting as, as as Will's manager. Yeah. Um cool. And and when you first started playing shows on that album like when when the hype started to build, did that translate to the live show too to the Yeah, like the the original intent and the way that record was born was with the idea that I could tour it by myself. That was sort of like the big thing with it is that I can make like heavier, louder, kind of beat-oriented pop songs, but that the shows would be me with, like, a MIDI controller and mm-hmm. singing and still somehow be a show. I was very ready for shows to happen once all that started happening, so it was very easy for that to continue, I guess. Like, when there was more demand for shows, I was still, like, completely available. I had, like, set aside everything. I wasn't going to school anymore to see if I could make music work by yeah. myself. And it's panned out so far, which is amazing. But it was like that. I was like, it's time to play shows. I'm ready to play shows. And I just played a bunch. I tore the shit out of that record. So. Was it was it a mind fuck? Like, all the attention right away. I'm just wondering, yeah. because for me, it was so gradual. Mm-hmm. Like, going from when I was, you know, you, you were 20 when that album came out. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I was 20, I couldn't have imagined having that kind of attention. It was, it was definitely, like, I'm still not used to things I don't think you really get used to it and if you do you like have the wrong mind for that type of thing I think and it's like I was it was blowing me away and I was just trying to stay like focused on like what was important about what was happening that it was like because people like the music so I have to continue to make good music and play good shows and not get caught up in thinking that like oh now I can do whatever the fuck I want I can spend all my money it was like I kept saving that was like the other big thing was that I wanted to save so that for the next record, I could upgrade to the right equipment that I wanted and, like, the new instruments mm-hmm. that I figured I might be getting and, like, save up to be able to incorporate a larger band. And that's pretty much all happened, so. 
cool, cool. But you you did the new record also by yourself, yes, too, right? Yes, entirely. Like, I had... <clears throat> there were some, like, string parts that I had some string players play on, and uh, my close friend, Mario Luna, who's also here tonight, he came with us for South By. He... Uh, helped engineer some things because I don't I've never been to school for recording music and that's exactly why he's going to school is to learn how to do that so the things he's learned he's able to show me and just be like oh for recording piano or dulcimer you can point the mic this way right. tilt it sideways and uh, invert the phase and all this stuff and I was just like oh wow it sounds a million times better so yeah. it's like written and produced entirely by me but I've had assistance in ways that I don't think I could ever do. You mentioned piano and dulcimer. Like, yeah. <laughs> did, did the old stuff have stuff like that? You know, it's hard to tell exactly what's going on yeah. and, like, what's processed, what, you know, what's, like, samples coming from, you know, wherever and yeah. what's played, and I, I don't know. I'm just wondering what it totally. looks like. Fundamentally with music, I basically, like, early on, this is kind of a fun, I guess, factoid about me with music and with electronic music, is I didn't understand sampling when I, when I was a kid. I thought that it was literally, like, 100% illegal to have music that was like another person's music in your music so the way I started to make electronic music was under the idea that I can make samples and use samples as long as they're samples I've made Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, so it was sort you, of like you mean a, like a, if you play like, something, yes, exactly, and then like, loop it, exactly. That's exactly. how I started doing stuff too. Yeah, yeah. So it was like that, and it was it was sort of like that's never really gone away. That I've used audio samples of like people talking or things that I couldn't get in any other means, like the sound of like uh, children laughing, for example. And you, so I want to ask you about that in a second, yeah. but go on, go on. <laughs> but yeah, like just that it's 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 always been the method to like use as close to 100% real instrumentation as possible. And, like, when I'm using electronics, it's, like, samples of real instruments put into the electronics to become something. And if I'm using a synth sound or a drum sound, I'm usually recording it direct in as audio and then screwing with the audio so that everything, it's, like, 100% of So you generate sound. all the sounds. Yeah, exactly. And then you fuck with them a exactly, lot. Exactly, exactly. And then sequence them, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. All of that, exactly. Okay, exactly. okay. Cool, and you and yeah. you use Ableton. I use Ableton when I'm performing, but in it, I use Digital Performer for the most you part. Use Digital but, Performer, yeah. That's so what like, I grew up on. Yeah, I mean, when I started using computers, yeah. that's exactly what it was. Is like that's how I was introduced to recording music digitally and like recording music at all. So I grew up with that, and I learned my shortcuts on that. So that's never gone away. Yeah. I'm just like I'm faster in Digital Performer than I am in any other program. So do you, do you know Pro Tools at all, or not really? No, I, okay. I I had to use it in high school a bit, and I had to use Reason, and I had to use Logic. So I had like base level things with that, but the like shortcuts, I'm like on it. Well, I mean, you, you had to in high school. You had what? I I went to uh, an electronic music like program in a music magazine. Yes, at Hamilton. Okay, exactly. So. I in that class we learned a lot about all those other programs and like uh, that's some shit right there yeah electronic really music cool. major in high school exactly it was really that's cool. crazy man that's mm-hmm. really neat that's really neat and yeah were other people in there that came out and did some stuff yeah yeah I'm trying to think like I know a lot of my close friends from that program are doing tons of stuff right now um, I'd be curious to see like what other graduates of that program are was like. De- Deej was in there yeah exactly okay, okay. exactly actually I think I had classes with Dijon in a couple yeah. of those things uh, yeah exactly Deej is also in Dijon yeah. so crazy all that shit is coming full circle to me right now <laughs> just realizing yeah yeah. and Sean went to Hamilton as well yeah right? but, and Lior my president. oh Lior went yeah, too from Friends of Friends but they, they went six, seven, eight years exactly nine years exactly, ago I don't know exactly. 
It's a cool school. It's a very cool that school. Is, that does sound really <laughs> cool, man. Yeah. Um, but okay, yeah. so I, I just as an aside, I'm yes. curious about this. This lady today. <laughs> It's like so. You sampled her kids laughing on YouTube, like you've just yeah. were searching YouTube. And That's what it was. It was literally like I typed something in, like children laughing or like right. kids tickled and laughing or something like that, and went pages and pages and pages backwards. And YouTube. you got to go past all the porn stuff yeah. first. Yeah, <laughs> and so that it was like super low, like like play count too. It was below two hundred, and so I was like, and you did that purposefully, exactly. I yeah. was like, nobody's gonna find this. It's gonna be fine, and if it comes up, it'll be like, oh, it doesn't matter. Nobody's no it's my children like how it of course somehow in the ether of the internet it was like she heard her own kids voices on the track or something one day and then knew it was them and it was just like a 10 second stretch of children laughing and it wasn't used like I don't know so it got really complicated and all of that but um I ended up meeting her tonight so, uh, so wait, wait well, what was her her caveat was <laughs> Because it was, like, without permission, I'm sure that it threw her a bit and that I think she wasn't by any stretch, like, incorporated in the world of, like, electronic music and sampling and all of that. So it was, like, a, a thievery or something, and she, she it's, it's being used for, like, the weirdest purpose. Like, I could get the exact same sample of children laughing from a thousand other places. Right. It's completely arbitrary right. that it was from her. But it was seen as being, like, a thing. Like, I needed her children or something like that. So she so, hired a lawyer about it and all this? Yeah, for a minute. And it was, like, there was a settlement that we had to come to um, that all that happened. That's and really she, she, Yeah, ridiculous. it was crazy. And Sean, Sean was the guy that was, like, doing his best to sort of make it all go away. And I was the person that was just like, what? Yeah. What? What the fuck is going on? So, so she, she agreed to meet you tonight. Yeah. Or I mean, I agreed to meet you her. You agreed to meet her in, <laughs> yeah. in Phoenix to make it all go away. All Pretty the, much. All the legal shit go away. I mean, in addition to like, I think a, f I think a fee went Oh, you had to well. pay. You yeah, had to pay her a little so. something. I think so. But I mean, she was like, her daughter is fucking adorable too. Okay. Like, her daughter was super, super cute and all of that. Um, so, like, I was happy to meet her daughter, and her daughter's, like, now a fan and all of that stuff, so it's great. I just, like, the woman was nice, but I just don't know. What do I say? Like, we were just making, like, super small talk, and it was super awkward, and I just, like... What was, why, her, what was her demographic? Was she, like... Super, super, like, nice. Like, we were meeting on the level of, like... Oh, we're fans. Like, great to meet you. Like, can't wait to see you again next time. So she heard her kids are on there somehow. Yeah. She listens. She looks you up. She listens yeah. to your shit. She likes it. I guess, yeah. And then got deep and got dark. I want to I meet you. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Very heady. And that, that in and of itself, that thing was just like, oh, I'm never sampling ever again. Yeah. That, I, I, 100% for the new record, there's nothing sampled nothing that could possibly get tracked down you can hire some kids to laugh yeah exactly <laughs> and that's also what happened is that every time there was a player on the record like any like any violin I made sure to pay them everything is like yeah. up front and I never have to you gotta get deal. them to sign yeah, the shit exactly that. Yeah. It's, it's done and good it's yeah. great so. What's the vibe? I mean, I've heard, I've yeah. heard random little. I don't, I don't make you like try to categorize. No, it. No, but I can. I can. I'm just curious. It. It's like, in the most simple sense, it's that it's a much darker record. That was okay. the whole point, and I I made it my version of a pop record. And when I say a pop record, I mean something like, in my own head, like a Kate Bush record or a Bjork record, where it's something really experimental but has like a very cohesive theme and sound kind of within it. That was like my goal, is that I wanted to try and try and make a record like that. So thematically, 
the material is much darker because that's also just what I was inspired by mm -hmm. during that period of time and what I wanted to make. Um, Are you darker? I am not. Okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe affected a little bit by it, for sure, because there's no way to not be, but, like, I'm the same as I was, like, three years ago. I'm totally fine. But it's also a pop record in the sense that there's vocals on every track. Like, it's songwriting. Right. Whereas the first record, I think there were things that were, like, beats. And, like, now right. it's, like, now it's songs, for sure. Yeah. That's kind of the big difference, and that's the simplest way of laying it out, I think. Do you, do you feel like it's a large growth? I would like to think so. I hope so. Either uh, a, a tumor or yeah. a... No. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, like, the couple of people that have heard it have said that to me. So I was like, okay, great. That's... It's working. Yeah. Yeah, that it's like a, a next step or whatever, yeah. or that it's gone somewhere that they didn't expect to, but they're enjoying it type and of thing. And, of course, there's going to be the people that are like... Yeah. Yeah. I like his first shit. Yeah, and I'm it's consciously different. Like yeah. I, I'm I'm okay with the fact that I may alienate some fans that were like really into me strictly for hip hop because there's no hip hop on this at all. And that's mm -hmm. kind of the other thing that I was sort of like struggling with in my head is that like I'm on Anticon. Like I'm on like one of the bravest hip hop labels that's ever existed and I'm trying to like weigh whether or not I'm trying to let that affect my music and it was sort of like I need to make what I'm going to make, and I feel like people will respect that more than if I had, like, oh, skewed it to fit something. Absolutely. You know? yeah, I mean, so. you know, I, I put out non-hip-hop stuff. Yeah, totally. Everybody, pretty yeah. much every single person on the label has, and that's yeah. kind of the thrill of it to me, is that it's like, if there was ever a place open-minded enough for that to work, I think it would be Anticon, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. It's kind of been that way. Yeah, I, I I would hope that we have that kind of welcoming yeah. vibe. And I don't that was the magic of it. Like for like when I started meeting people, uh, I think it was South by 2010 was the first time I actually like met people from the label, and that was I don't know. It was very very easy compared to like whatever vision I had in my head of like how it might go down. So was how, what was cool. the vision of how it might go know. down? No, let's get into that. <laughs> that sounds interesting. It was kind of just that it was like. It's not, like, a total hip-hop record, and I'm not, like, being an MC on it or something. Uh, and then I was, like... I was toying with that because I'm, like, an idiot, and I was also, like, realizing, no, but there's so much music that's just instrumental that comes out on the label as well. Like, you know, I cycled through, like, ten different scenarios of people being, like, you're shitty, you're cool, you're whatever. Like, right. I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. I don't know. I'm that dude that's, like, <clears throat> all over the place. My head is all over the place all the time, so... Insecurities. Yes, thank you, exactly. I was very insecure about it. Well... We, we all love it, and Thanks, of man. course the world loves it. Yeah. It um, panned out to be really, really cool. Yeah. Really, really comfortable. And I, I, I can't wait to hear the uh, the new one, definitely. Thanks, man. Was, is, is there a title that, that's uh, available yet? Or yes. It's called Obsidian, so it actually Obsidian. has the title out in the world now. Okay. So I finished pretty much recording the record in, like, February. No, no, no. Wait, what is it? It's March? I don't even know. I Yeah, it is Yeah, March. it's March. Okay. No, I finished it in January. Okay. Then, and I, it got mastered in February. You mix the shit yourself. Yes. But you yes. have someone mastered. That's yeah. part of the process for me. It's like the volumes. It, like, oh, absolutely. Stuff, so. It mixes, depending on how you're working. Yeah. Yeah, it can be part of the recording process. And totally. I think that's the next stuff that I do will be similar to that. Yeah, like solo, like very insular type of shit. It's, you yeah. end up doing it no matter what. It's right. like, it's right. just part of how it goes down for sure. Like when you record in studios... Which I don't know if you've done that really. I've I literally like once I think ever. So you en yeah. you end up with stuff that you know generally, especially if you're if you don't have too much time, it'll sound pretty generic coming out, and mm -hmm. then you, you can kind of go someone for their sound for the mix. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 totally. That's a whole that that becomes a whole other flavor of it. Exactly, yeah. which can be cool as well. But totally, I'm looking forward to working on stuff in a more like 
like like you like you work yeah, a little yeah. more home yeah style. yeah yeah that's kind of like I'm very controlling and mm-hmm. very anal about everything and like which is fine as you do if you're working on it yeah, by yourself exactly and so I've done it in the past and like collaborations I can do when I'm not playing the role of like half of everything mm-hmm. it's it's much more daunting for me if it's like I'm playing bass in a band it's super easy and like right. we're all playing our part but when it's like I'm supposed to be all baths all at once with another person it's yeah. like fuck it's really intense which brings me to my next quote. We're going to do... Well, I want to do something with you. <laughs> okay, word. Perfect segue. But we'll do it. We'll do it right. We'll do it. Look. Yeah. I already have an idea. But yeah, I, I want it to be in a way that you can feel like you have control and not... You won't actually have control. You'll feel like... <laughs> as long as I feel like that, it'll be fine. That'll be great. No. Yeah. So uh, how did you get started being interested in music and stuff like mm-hmm. that? I mean, like, early on. I don't want to, like... No, no, no. Go from fine. birth, but, like, just... <laughs> I've mentioned it before, and Sean kind of laughs at me at how much I mention it, but, like, I say Bjork's name in almost every interview ever because it's, like, a, a line. It's, like, a dividing line between, like, what my life was like before and what my like, life was like after. Once I heard her music, everything sort of turned on, on itself for me, and it was kind of like, wow, like, one person can be behind all this, these, like, sounds that I've never heard before, this, like, style of music, this direction. Like, which which album was the one? It was Homogenic, definitely, uh-huh. but it's weird because I heard seven songs from Homogenic via the internet in different weird ways and, like, downloads and whatever, but the first record in hand I had by her was Vespertine, so it was kind of absorbing both of those almost simultaneously. Mm-hmm. They were, like, equal ground for me. I still think they're both, like, perfect records. Vespertine was my shit for, yeah. like... Oh my God. That and Kid A were like the two, like at totally. the same time, the two records that I listened to like nonstop. Yeah. 2001, two, three. Yeah. They they last like way too long. It was kind yeah. of dangerous how yeah. much I sat on those records as like <laughs> yeah. defining who I was, especially like in high school when it was like all of high school is pretty much wrestling for an identity so mm-hmm. that you can move into college and be a dude. That was like what it was. It was like, oh, Bjork, this is like who I am, what I want. And I mean, as frail as that all was and like me still not knowing who I was and what I wanted out of life I knew that I wanted to do that that was sort of the base thing about discovering her music was that like there was nothing in my head that seemed more possible and more like oriented to what I felt like I wanted to do with music is to like write music in a very experimental way that I have complete control over and like I can emote through and I don't like it just made perfect sense to me and so sort of from that point on I catered my life to trying to make that happen like when I got out of middle school and the high school that I went to that we just talked about that electronic music program that was all in an effort to sort of further that same goal and where I went to college for a bit was the same sort of thing and I was learning to write music for like media and stuff like that commercials and TV and stuff I ended up leaving just because it wasn't right for me, but it was under the same idea that I was trying to reach. So. Do, do you have a dream of like working with Bjork someday or something like I that? I mean, or? that's the thing is that I thought I did. Yeah. I thought that was like the end goal of right. everything, and it's totally turned into not that. I mean, I'd love to meet her, and like that would be great and sort of does express she, my gratitude. And does whatever. she know your stuff? You think or? I have no idea. Yeah. I like I. She's who she is, and that's the thing is it's like I'm trying to make myself... You're doing your own thing. No one one thinks your shit sounds like Bjork. No, 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 totally. And that's the whole thing is that it's like I'm on my own mission, and that's sort of what it was that I took from her, is that it's not like I'm trying to become Bjork, but that I'm trying to become myself and emulating 
her methods of getting there. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. That's sort of what it is. The twist on it was that I didn't want to work with other producers. I wanted to, like, be all of those producers. Right. I wanted to be the people that she worked with and have it be completely my own environment. Like, yeah. my own little sort of a biodome mm-hmm. of experience. Do, do you ever feel like you get tired of working on your own? Like, you, you feel like, you know, you want more of a social work environment? I, I think so. Um, it's kind of interesting because so much of that exact concept plays into the new record that it's very very isolated and insular and like inward like everything is about myself and very selfish some of the songs are like specifically about that um and like apathy and about like getting to the point of like oh i don't care anymore and i'm not sure if i want to still be doing this i don't know where the passion is blah 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 something like that do you Um, feel that way i don't it was sort of a headspace that I wanted to tap into. It was kind of like... It's okay if you do, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel that way sometimes. It was... There were moments making the record that... Let, let me sort of start over. The way Cerulean happened was that it was, like, very whimsical and fast. And it was like, I'm just putting the songs out. They were like brain farts. It mm-hmm. was like, oh, let me try this idea. Suck. And then it was just like, it all happened all at once. Wait, what was that? What was that? Sick, sick. Like, smart, suck. And that happened really fast and really cool. But um, with this one, there were so many more things I wanted to take my time with that I accidentally made it so much harder for myself. Right. And everything was slower and like I just slave over the lyrics and like the music, everything just took so long. And there were no like cool Eureka moments making the record where like every now and then like with certain records you'll be like, oh wow, like all that came together perfectly. Like none of that ever happened. This whole record was like, oh my God, this fucking part is not right. Yeah, like this isn't right. This verse isn't right. Maybe the song is okay. And it would be like, after a week of not listening to the song or something and then coming back to it, finally being like, oh my god, okay, this is actually working. Because I had something like 17 or 18 tracks that didn't make it or that I threw away or didn't finish. That's a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. And within that, there were several drafts of some of them going in different directions. Yeah. And they just didn't pan out. I think I said it in in maybe a couple of interviews, but the, the only skill that I'm like certain that I have on lock is knowing when I'm doing something bad. Like, above any other thing, like, I don't know if I'm the greatest songwriter or lyricist that, or singer. Well, it's that's what like, being an artist is. That's, I've come <laughs> to that conclusion is, like, yeah. that's what I have over other people yeah. is knowing when something is bad and knowing when something's good yeah. as well. Yeah. That one is harder for me. That's the yeah. whole thing. Is that, Sometimes like, that's harder, <laughs> yeah. I know, like, when to stop something and sort of, like, leave it in the dust and be like, okay, like... There are things I can maybe take out of this, but as a whole, it's not right. For me, it's about honesty. It's like yeah, yeah. you hear something, and you're just like, "That's not. That's not true. Yeah, that's exactly. not like that. Doesn't feel like it's coming from a vulnerable yeah. and open place. It sounds like it's trying, or it's yeah, exactly. you know what I'm saying. Or there's a guard up, or something. There's a guard else. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally, absolutely. Totally. And if there's anything I could say about the new record, it's. It's that kind of shit where, like, the lyrics are almost embarrassing in a lot of places. And that's kind of, like, it's kind of the point because then it's that much more real for when I'm performing it. And I don't have to, like, feel inhibited or feel like I'm faking it. It's all just real shit that I've had in my head that aren't necessarily life experiences, but it's, like, a headspace that I've been before. All of those songs are that. Yeah. It's, like, places that I've been or things that I've felt, if not directly, you know. How is it going to feel singing these songs in two years? Live. Uh, interesting, because I kind of already have a feel for what I want to do for the next record, as stupid as that is. That's um, not stupid, man. You're, but, <laughs> you're in a creative space, so you've, yes. been, you've been, like, working, and it's hard. Yeah. Now you're about to go into a situation where you're not going to be able to work forever. Exactly, exactly. But it's, 
it'll be okay. I think the whole point uh, with narrowing it down to like the 10 songs versus putting out like a 27 song like dual disc crazy thing yeah, is yeah. that it's like they're all songs that I love and that's the thing is yeah. that like I made them so that I can be able to perform them for a long time and not hate them right whereas that's what's going on with Cerulean some of them I'm still you close with it, sick of doing it, yeah. I hate Maximalist more than anything else in yeah. the world I hate Aminals and like these are those are like the two songs Do you just not play them or what I play them and it's a fucking chore, but I yeah. will never let that on in a show. <laughs> I like, I'm like, oh yeah, sick this song. No, I, I hear you, man, and that is <laughs> that's something that that I think everybody goes through. I totally, think, you know, you. That was me learning that it was yeah. like this first album was like, wow, I can't put out music that I'm not gonna like later. Yeah, I have to like it. But you, but it's not. Crazy. You can't ever know. I mean, yeah. you gotta do what you feel at the time. Mm-hmm. It's like we've gotten to the point where we have so many. Songs that we can afford to truly leave songs in the dust. Oh, really? And, and, okay. and just, you know, yeah, <laughs> when people scream out a song that we don't want to play, we just be like, eh, sorry. <laughs> That's kind of a luxury I'm looking forward to. <laughs> if I yeah. get to, like, discern and sort of... Larger body of work. Yeah, yeah, and you get to pick and choose. <clears throat> yeah. And why, what's what's the series of Obsidian? The first, the first record, Cerulean, was, like, a color, but it was kind of more than that. It had a lot of connotations, and it was, like the Latin word for like sky and heaven and all these things and obsidian has all the right connotations for this record as a color it's like black like a glossy black like a shimmering yeah. glossy black and then obsidian as like a a mineral I guess uh, is like volcanic glass like it's like hardened lava which is like the perfect fucking vision for like the entire record that it's like hell bubbling up and like freezing over and it's just like it's right it just felt really correct because like there's that. so much of the record that's kind of if not directly referencing hell, it's kind of, like, vibing on that and, like, personal hells and, like, visions of, like, darkness and death and all these other crazy things. So it's I like, need this record. Yeah. <laughs> it can be really heady at times, but it's, like, it's also comfortable comfortable enough, I think, to sit back from it and just take it as, like, a like a pop record. Do you, the, so if you want to dive deeper, you can. I do, I do. Thing, and so. and do, you, do, do, you, do you have a finished version with you here? Yes, I do. Do you mind, sure. do you mind if I, no, if I pop not. it on my shit? Of okay. course not. And music, I mean, you play you play all kinds of instruments. This is what I hear. Um, More or less. I don't know. Some Piano is the one. That's your, the piano one. is your main, your first instrument, your main instrument. Yes. You, you grew up playing classical piano? Yes, exactly. And that was the thing that I had a falling out with, that it was like... Playing piano? Yeah, like I was taking lessons playing classical music from like 4 to 12 or okay, like 11 right. or 12 or something and just when I was 12 years old I wanted to kill classical music I was yeah. just like I felt completely regimented and robotic and it was just very very bad so I stepped away from music and then when it came time that I just like sat at the piano again and started making stuff up that was when I got completely reinvigorated, and I was like, "Oh, this is super fun!" Because you could take the training wheels off, exactly. Get, get rid of all the shit that you yeah do learn and you just want. Yeah, start so, fresh, but with a with an understanding of the piano. Exactly, the that all the muscle memory was there, so I could physically do the ideas that I had going on in my mm-hmm, head, which mm-hmm. is like I'm eternally thankful for that my parents and my piano teacher made me stick with it for as long as they did because I had doubts even before I stopped playing and I was like I don't want to do this like, I don't think I want to do this and they were like just do it yeah. <laughs> just like stick with it you must be glad they did yeah very very much so and so it was like taking all that taking all the mechanics and translating it into me doing whatever I want 
Did you <laughs> did you play in bands like in high school? Were you in rock bands? Were you in school bands? A bit, yeah. That was part of me not wanting to do classical music was learning bass guitar and okay. trying to be in bands and trying to be in like weird like emo and like metal bands and stuff yeah. like that. It was a little all over the place, uh, but I had a really solid band with my friend Mario uh, yeah. and my friend Luke Silas. What was that band called? It was called Nephews, Nephews. and it was like this kind of like... It's uh, a good name, actually. Yeah, it was like nice. It. it was cool. And it was like instrumental math rock, and it was like no singing. It was just like playing with time signatures and like uh, fast notation and stuff like that. And it was the perfect kind of thing because it was we had some notion about what we wanted to be as a band before we started playing because we had all been in separate things. Mm-hmm. And then when we started playing together, it was just like that was the music that happened. And then we wrote like nine or ten songs that were like just what happened when we played together. Did so you record really an nice. album with it? We have like EPs and stuff. I think we have like eight of them in like rough sketches all over eight the place. EPs? What? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Eight oh, songs. Eight, song, eight, eight songs. songs. Okay, okay. That'd be crazy. No, no, no. We just have like eight songs. This is this um, is high school? Yeah, like high school. Like late high school, early college. How'd you do? Were you popular in high school or did you... Or... I was medium. I was, I guess, popular in my group, but I had like a lot of problems trying to hang out with popular kids who were like actors and jocks and stuff like that and it was just not my scene. What was you what was your group? My group was actually stoners. That's okay. like I like But you didn't smoke. Yes, weed. but I didn't smoke. Exactly. I was always just friends with people who smoked pot because they were so mellow and like easy to talk to uh-huh. and it was just like a vibe that I very much And enjoyed. you could contr- you could control them with your mind. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, that's totally what it was. I mean, it was kind of on that level just that it was like it wasn't hard. I didn't have to make an effort with people like that because yeah. they just, partially because they were high most of the time, but that they also like understood kind of how to relax and take a step back. Yeah. Whereas I think so much of me growing up and what my life was about was the opposite of that, was like speed and like making things happen and like doing all the right shit all the time. And these were like kids who were like just mellow about all that. Do you still you know? feel high strong like that? Do you still feel like you have to achieve? I'm like a very comfortable mix, I think, at this point. I feel like in the right realms I still have that and in the right realms I'm very mellow. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to put out the best music in the world or anything like that. Like it's not that sort of competition in my head. It's more like I just have to do exactly what I set out to do. Like, I have to make myself happy and make the perfect record for myself. Right. And not for anybody else. And that's, like, the good goal. But you're very hard on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. The outside world, it doesn't matter how mean they may or may not be to the record. If they hate it, I'm still going to be cool because it's like, I did exactly what I wanted. Fuck you guys. It's right, great. right. I, I had a great time, so. Wait till Pitchfork gives you a 2 yeah. before you say <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, but I see, yeah. No, I, I hear you. And I, and I feel the same way. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that record that got yeah. a 2.8 or whatever the fuck. Yeah. But uh, the, your parents, mm-hmm. what are they all about? Because they put you into... Is it, like, some shine-type shit? They're just really, like, on my side. They didn't, like... No, I didn't get, like, crazy camps or, like, crazy, like, super piano kid shit. It was just, like... I took lessons for a long time, and they started me at an early age. And in high school, like, my parents just put the pressure on to get good grades, all that stuff, regular stuff. Um, When I appealed to them about, like, where I wanted to be with music and what I wanted to do and made a very genuine case for it and leveled with them... They're smart people, and they understood, and they were like, okay, we got it. This is after you. you had a record deal, or this no, is before, way before, before all that? This is when I was in the middle of going to 
No, it was the middle of high school because I had been doing shows of this type of stuff then. And you said, this is what I want my future to be. Yeah, and they didn't They didn't necessarily understand what the vision was that I yeah. had because it's not their world. But they understood that I felt extremely passionate about that and didn't see me feel that passion in anything else. And so my dad is a screenwriter and he's a creative person and has okay. lived the life of a creative person and understood immediately. He was just like, if this is what's working, then we're not going to stop you by any means. We'll help you. So he has so, an out-of-the-box job already. Yes, yes. And he definitely, like, because of that, I think, and my mom is also an artist and so she's a creative person as well. They both got it and they were like... And, and uh, they've been really on my side. Has, has your dad written anything that, that, that we would know? Possibly, yeah. Um, he he did Anne of Green Gables, the miniseries. Really? Yeah, that was like a big sort of Canadian staple. freaking huge. Yeah, yeah. He was That was my dad. Well, he didn't invent that character. No, no, that, no, no. That no. character was around for a long time. Yes. But that he, series that came out in the 80s, I want to say. I think maybe something Maybe early like that. 90s, maybe. Exactly. That was him. Yeah. And it was like... There's three credits, I think, for the writing in in that and in the adaptation of it, and it was literally like my dad like throwing the other drafts away and starting over, and okay. like right because that's like what he's done all his life is adaptive screenplays, yeah, and he's a genius at it, and so he did that, and that's like his big claim to fame. I have two or three mid thirties females <laughs> who are gonna shit their pants. <laughs> really, really, that's awesome. Yeah, that's my dad. Well, I mean, I've grown up like reading his screenplays and all the other stuff he's done, and it's been like not necessarily like my subject material. Like sometimes it's period pieces, or sometimes it's like all these other things. But every time I read it, I'm completely inside of it. Like he's what else? Really Give me something good. else. Anything else? That he's uh, I, I, look, I'll look up his Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you good. IMDb him, yeah. he has all that shit listed. So yeah, that's cool. It's very that's cool. cool. Joe um, Wiesenfeld is his name. Joe Wiesenfeld. Joe okay. Wiesenfeld. And and your mom, you say artist. She does. She paints. Or yes, she she's a painter, and okay. she's but she does everything. Like she taught art as well. So okay. she's like she's really talented with sketching and with painting, oil painting, watercolors. Like she's she's good at almost everything. That cool. And she do. sells work and everything? Yeah, she does. And she, it's it's a lot more kind of classical material. Like, it's like landscapes and portraiture and that kind of stuff. That's the stuff that inspires her. And I've always, like, loved the stuff that she's done. It just has been less in my realm of, like, right. the type of art that I obsess over. But everything she does is beautiful. And, like, when we moved out of our most recent house, there was a lot of paintings that she was just like, I don't know what to do with them because I don't have the room for them. And we got, like... My brother and I got like our favorite paintings of hers dope, for nothing. It's just like it's very cool. That it's is cool. cool. My my mom also uh well she has a background in art. She 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 doesn't necessarily she doesn't really do art anymore, mm-hmm. but you know, she went to college for it, yeah, painting and stuff and uh she she uh got into like editing art books for, for Whoa, a uh, cool. mostly how to stuff yeah. for this one uh publisher in Cincinnati. So similar awesome. Similar scene, anyway. <laughs> That's actually kind of, like, the big thing that I've gotten out of my mom is that, like, I I started to try to draw recently. It's not going amazingly well, but she pointed me to the perfect book saying, like, out of the 30 years of, like, teaching experience that I've had, this is the book. Mm-hmm. And it was total. it's totally true. What's the book? Oh, What's God. it called? It's, uh, I think it's called Keys to Drawing. Okay. It's the right kind of thing where it's, like, a heady sort of all-encompassing art experience where it doesn't it's not like start with a circle start with this line then do this it's kind of like the feel of how you're supposed to start drawing and how you go at it and how to look at things and how to ignore other things it's really really intellectual Uh in a very cool way and like 
I was already drawing like really impressive shit that I was like, I can't. What? How is this happening? And right. Just like right. within like two or three days of reading that book. So highly wow. recommend it. It's, it's like, really it's cool. like the uh, so the secret. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> but for art, <laughs> it's the like that for drawing. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so is this just a small tour just to get to South by? Yes, exactly. Okay. I'm doing sort of the older type of show where I'm doing a lot of the older material and then I'm trying to throw in two or three of the new songs mm-hmm. just for these dates. But then the show that I'm building with Morgan as like the quote unquote band, but it's just the two of us. That's what we're going to be touring for the full tour, which is like late May. Okay. And we start, um, that's going to be awesome. And that's like the show that I've been wanting to build towards forever. It's like exactly that's great. what I want that's great. in my head. Yeah. Do so. are, how are you on tour? Are, do, do you like it? I'm good. I can, I can, I'm very adaptive. I definitely like, it's a, it's a mode. You know, I'd, do you I'm sleep, sure. Do you, you sleep know. on people's floors? Do you sleep no, on hotels? I am such a bitch. I'm yeah. such a diva. And it's so you're like, not that adaptive. No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm adaptive more to like that the driving goes down because yeah. I drive, I toured by myself. The yeah. whole Cerulean record, I would do like 10, 14 hour days by myself in a yeah. car listening to podcasts and whatever the fuck. Oh, yeah, dude, shut up. <laughs> my favorite podcast I like that one that's yeah, good it's yeah. so good um, I yeah I can do that and, but like no when it comes to sleeping I'm not I, I don't want to sleep on the floor I want to sleep in bed Absolutely. I want to shower I want to like take a shit in private I want to be able to swim if it's cool do you realize that you skipped all those steps though because yeah. you, your shit popped off well <laughs> enough which is I'm, I feel I'm yeah. glad for you I'm glad for you yeah there were years mm-hmm. where I was Sleeping on people's floors, fucking... I had, like, three or four months of that. Like, I had been making music and recording music for, like, four or five years before anything happened, and during that time, I never toured. Yeah. So it was all just sort of, like, I get to still be comfy and be at home, but the couple of times that I went out, it was like that. But I have no real, like, life experience of homies' houses and floors and stuff like that. When you started going out a lot for Cerulean, you were doing... You had... Yeah, I was already in hotels. And are you you a partier? Do you drink? Do you drink or not? I don't do anything. You don't drink? You don't smoke? You don't do anything? (laughs) No. I'm like... So boring. Yeah. What? So... (laughs) I don't drink either. I'm, I'm like huge internet person. Okay. And like, that is like the mode. And the fact that I have like a couple of friends with me, that's like the mode. We're gonna like get to the hotel chill like crazy like all take showers and just sit in the fucking hotel room and be on the watch internet. HBO yeah like HBO yeah. I have I'm not supposed to because it hasn't come out over here but I have Downton Abbey season 3 like waiting Fuck. for me on my fucking Fuck. laptop so Fuck. I'm gonna have all of that go down right now <laughs> wow that's so good. good so good uh, are you do you have you do you indulge in the groupie arts are you into that whole scene I don't even know what that means you know what I'm talking about like oh like dabbling with groupies yeah I mean, I've had a couple of, I've had a couple of hookups. I mean, like, I, okay, this is, I'll put this how it is. I'll be real about this. Like, be real. I am, I am very immersed in the world of online dating, and that is okay. half of my experience on the internet is, like, perusing dudes and talking to dudes and, like, yeah. striking up conversations and going on dates and, like, building actual real-life human being yeah. dates from talking on the internet and all that stuff. That's kind of how that goes down. Like, I don't. I haven't hooked up with groupies. So ever. you don't use your no. I don't use like my rep fame, or like, whatever. You know, I haven't. I haven't used it at all, <clears throat> except once. But it was a person that met me that found out about my music that night. Not like a hardcore throw themselves at right, me type right. Of thing. And Dude, have you had hardcore throwing themselves at yeah, you? Yeah, and stuff? It, it comes with like. 
But you're just like, that's not interested. It's I'm not interested yeah. in and it also doubles back that a lot of that that I get is doubled with young kids who who are just dealing with being gay. Right. And it's a whole other side to like that. You don't want to have to te- yeah, that walk I like, someone through no. that fucking portal. Oh my god. <laughs> and it's happened so many times and like I respect it so much that these kids confide in me to right. help them and that sort of thing, but it's like emotion. It's like yeah. somebody's just taking a fucking suitcase and putting it on the table right. in front of me at the merch table and like read through this and understand what I'm going through. And it's like, dude, I gotta sell t shirts. Yeah. I gotta like sell CDs right now. <laughs> like, yeah. this is cool, but like maybe find me after and then yeah. like look for me after the show once I've already left. Face- for the next Facebook city. it to me or yeah, something. Yeah, God. So. I've been gracious when I can be, but yeah. a lot of the time it's like yeah, it's very yeah. daunting. That's not, yeah, that can be hard, and you know. also being like not a not a party person, right? Like I'm like I'm a chiller. I like to sit on my right. laptop and like relax, and like when I do go out, it's like oh, we're gonna see a movie and go to Chipotle. It's yeah, like, yeah. Whoa, fucking see, crazy! I, you, look, you're you're a man <laughs> after my own heart, man. I'm I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I, I like the mellow hang. Yeah, I love hanging yeah. out with people. Yeah, uh, but I don't like. I can pull both sides. Stressful party situations. Yeah, personally, yeah. like it's just because I don't drink. When people get drunk, they get like annoying most it's of the time. A whole other level. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, obviously a couple of glasses of whatever, and people are cool. But like, yeah. once it gets to be over the top, it's like, uh. yeah. When people are in that zone and that mode, and they're super drunk, it's like awesome. Have a great time. I'm just like I'm in a different area right now. Yeah, like it's like. Hard for me to like have the best time ever with you if you don't remember anything. Right, that I'm saying right, to you. right. It's like uh, it's a little frustrating, but it's like the friends that I hang out with are like people that can drink smartly. You know, right, they have like right. a couple beers, they get comfortable. Same blah blah blah. It's like that. So it's never actually been an issue. It's only an issue when it's like a fan that's like super drunk and like hits my computer. Right. Well, that's in the context <laughs> of in the context of tour, especially yeah. like you do end up in situations often where. You're in a it's party like scene. You want to escape that, and it's yeah. hard sometimes. Yeah, 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 totally. I, you know, I, I've started to feel like, and I haven't dabbled with the groupie situation. To go back to that, not to yeah, yeah, know, yeah, for sure. In a long time, but I, I, I did for a little while. I'm not averse to it. I just haven't met like, oh man, you're the hottest person ever. Yeah, like it feels never, funny though. It feels yeah. funny though. I think in the gay scene, it's like. A lot easier to like. It's more friendship. It's more like homies. It seems like without even having to try. It's like, oh, you're gay too. Right. Sick. We have like this crazy commonality. Right. Right. So and um, and like and, and and also the internet stuff. Like it pops off. Yeah. For gay dudes. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But you're 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 Look a good looking guy and you're young and you're you know. I'm just showing you like this. Like these these are like the line of them. Oh, that's and I'm that's like bumps for them right now. Oh man. <laughs> Fuck. See, I'm jealous, man. Yeah, I'm like, like, I'm on the the okay Cupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the, All that shit. And I mean, I, I'll I'll talk to people on Twitter, Tumblr. Yeah, totally. Whatever the fuck. I've done okay Cupid too. I yeah. just, but then these happened, and I was like, oh, it fucking geolocates people. I can have a coffee with somebody that I just met. And you it's do, like, you can do that on tour. Yeah, and it's I, like I get I, lonely, I, man. I gotta be honest, like yeah, I, for I, sure. I, and know. the thing is, it's like the barrier of like never, like not knowing somebody that's right in front of you. How do you just be like, what? Whereas, like, on the on these fucking apps, it's computer world, so there's no there's no discomfort. You can just start chatting, and it's immediately comfortable. That, just that device by itself is such an asset. Yeah. You can start talking and have a conversation and realize you have all these commonalities and then immediately be like, okay, let's get coffee. Right. Let's go do a thing. Right. And it's like, 
that fast. When do you decide that someone it seems like that you know like this person's safe enough yeah. and whatever enough to have, go actually meet in person? I would put it. I think in this moment, as like learning an instrument, it's delicate. There's and a I have made, subtleties to yes, it. Yes, and I have made so many mistakes in the <laughs> Me past. Too. Me where, too. Yeah, you'll meet up with somebody and be like, "What the fuck am I doing?" And now yeah. it's a lot of it is relative to like spelling and pacing between when they send messages right. and like whether they're like super exuberant and excited to talk to you or whether they're like, "Oh, I'm doing something," but this is also cool. Right. It's like you gauge. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they seem, like, comfortable. So do you have, since you have this idea of that, even yeah. if you're excited, will you act like you're not and, like, oh play, my the, God, play the I game play the a game. little? I totally <laughs> play the game. I'll be, like, talking to somebody that's, like, I'm also into, like, really big muscular dudes, which is yeah, okay. really embarrassing. But, like, I'll start chatting to somebody like that, and I want to just be like, oh, my God, like, you are the hottest thing in the entire <laughs> world. But I have to be like, you look handsome. Like That's probably the- why you're not into your fans. <laughs> your fans are probably little dweebs, yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, God. It's <laughs> totally like that. Not to say, but I mean, you no, know. No, but, like, they're, yeah. I, I don't none know. of my fans are big, muscular no, dudes. Exactly. Like, I don't. I don't pull in, like an older like Anderson Cooper type crowd okay all. that's okay. like <laughs> that's your that's the pinnacle oh my god he's, Anderson Cooper he's my Christ he's okay. like he's like my fucking dude he's, is he muscular he's become that's the thing that's okay, also what's okay. so hot this is way gay this is like the coolest thing about that is that he's like secretly muscular okay, it's like okay. covert he's not showing it all no he's, he's got just... like a covert physicality which is like I die <laughs> over that it's like my covert favorite thing. physicality yeah and so un- under under the fucking dress shirt yeah he and is the just fucking a tie. Fucking I got you I got you I can see how that would be appealing oh my god cause um, he's not about it he just right. has it he's not he's not trying to show everything no. off or tell you exactly what he's got going no, on no no he's just like I have this whole other life and I'm also really fit right. and it's like awesome Sir. Very cool. It's <laughs> my shit. It's my shit. Sir. That's like kind of this guy Blood Diamonds, this guy Mike. He's like uh-huh. he's cool as hell. He's like one of the weirdest dudes I've ever met. He's awesome. And he started that at me and it never left my head just right. saying sick like that. Right, and right. it's like it's a fucking disease. I like can't not say it like that. It's now. like yeah. Oh, yeah. Sir. It's like the <laughs> Who's best. the character that you imagine doing that? It's uh, like a valley girl uh, almost but like Yeah, but like like way high probably. Yeah. Like kinda just like, oh sir. <laughs> and like if you want to go to a movie, she's like, oh hey man, I don't know fuck. Like just like really lazy. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, I like it. It's my shit. Um, now, you, now you got me, man. I'm, I'm sure, sure it's going to infiltrate my Yeah, it'll like ring through your head when you're not trying to have it yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. <laughs> and you guys are playing at South By also? We're, we're playing three, okay. four shows, something like that. We'll probably run into each other. Well, we're, I'm, uh, you know, we're playing the, the Anacon thing. Yeah, together. exactly. Jesus. Um, we're playing, I'm an idiot, of course. No, we're no, playing no, no, the no. fucking Anticon show. Uh, we're doing a short set, like a stripped down kind of deal. Cause cool. It, the, it, cause Dude, it's psychotic. I totally, I was going to yeah, say, yeah. like, I hope to God you're not bringing two drum sets Yeah, into our band South is just by. getting over the top. Did you, have you ever seen this band yet or not? I have. I yeah, saw okay. it at the Echo Plex. It was that's awesome. Right, that's right, that's right. So tight. Um, so yeah, no, it'd be a headache to try to get into that Fuck little block room. Yeah, just like, oh yeah, let's walk like ten blocks right because we can't park anywhere exactly. near it and like carry two drum sets. Stacks for of, sure. like, like like an African mother carrying <laughs> yeah. stacks of drums Jesus. on our heads. Well, this we're gonna sign off. This has been Will Wiesenfeld, Wiesenfeld, <laughs> uh, Baths. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and Yoni Wolf. Yeah, and, and me, and, and uh, <laughs> goodbye from uh, the hotel. Juan Carlos, San San Carlos. San Carlos, I think, yeah. All right. Bye. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> Sick.
There you have it, homies and homettes. What a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Throughout, as you can no doubt guess, is uh, is by Baths. think it's a bed bug. I don't think bed bugs hang out on glass, right? You never know. That's the thing. Somebody like me starts thinking that way and uh, I'm not going to sleep tonight, you know? So I bring my own, believe it or not, I bring my own what they call a sleep sack, which is basically a sleeping bag made out of sheets. Uh, this is what I do and I sleep in that. I, I just don't trust anyone for anything. I have a friend who I'm gonna I'm gonna at some point get on this podcast, and I don't know if I should name his name. Uh, he's you know he's a pretty well known guy in certain circles. Anyway, he told me a story. He and his ex wife, who she used to work in a hotel. One time, I guess this was right when she was gonna quit working in the hotel. She took a shit between the fitted sheet and the top sheet in a hotel bed, and then made the bed perfectly. So someone got into bed. You see why I don't trust anyone. And so I, I keep it as close to the person as possible, to my own person. Enough about my phobias and fears and irrational concerns. If you're interested in sponsoring me, I'll take money. If you want to call the podcast your name or something like that, like Wandering Wolf, McDonald's Podcast with Yoni Wolf. I always love feedback from you listeners. Please hit me up on, on any of my social medias. Other than that, you know, keep wandering, y'all. Stay true. And all the people said, amen.
or something like that. 